0: Welcome, you're listening to the River Valley Leadership Podcast.
1: You're listening to episode two. Today, we're going to discuss an aspect of leadership that's so important to growth, apprenticeship.
0: Thanks for listening today. This is Anna Cousins, and I have with me here Lindsay Willis, the pastor of Leadership and Discipleship.
2: Hi there. Good to be with you. Glad you're with us. Hope this is just a great day for you. Hang in there. We're going to have some fun today. We also have
0: Don Champion, who's our connections pastor here at River Valley.
1: Awesome. Good to be here. I just want to say right now, I think everyone should join a life group or a life team, and if they're not doing it, they're missing
2: out.
0: Awesome. I, I
2: agree. <laughs> yep. I also, just had to put that plug
0: in that's good plugs are good also joining us today we have kirk graham who is one of our worship pastors here and also leads our 20 plus our young adults ministry here at river valley
3: you guys thanks for having me
0: (laughs) it's good to have you it's
3: good to have you thanks
0: for being here kirk
3: hey i'm excited (laughs) to hang out chat don anna Pastor Lindsey.
2: Kirk, yeah, Pastor Lindsey. Kirk just brings an interesting element to this conversation. Yeah.
3: I think there's an edge
2: here we needed on our podcast, so that's good.
3: So if you're looking for interesting, you've come yeah. to the right place.
0: <laughs> all right, we're just going to jump right in here. So we are talking about apprenticeship today. So the first thing we want to talk about is why. Why is apprenticeship important in leadership?
2: Great question, Anna. You know, apprenticeship is really all about growth. We don't grow unless we're teaching someone. And we don't grow unless we're willing to learn. And apprenticeship is really all about teaching and learning and that continuous cycle that we develop. The beauty of it is the best apprenticeship is apprenticeship that just comes out of natural relationships and hanging around people.
3: I've grown a ton as an apprentice, but even what you're saying, being an apprentice is probably the best way to grow. When you're training somebody else, something that you know, something that you're competent on and you're teaching them kind of at the most basic level and you're yep. walking them through yep. to self-sustainability, that actually grows the leader sometimes yep. better than yep. actually being an apprentice. And so today I think we're just talking about kind of both sides of that, yeah. being an apprentice, but also being a better leader and growing as a leader and, and having and developing apprentices. Yeah, so also like when I think
1: about apprenticeship and leadership, we can't forget the fact that uh, so much is passed through relationships. So much leadership learning is passed through relationships, just kind of doing life and being in each other's world and feedback and teaching and training. And so when I think about that, if you don't incorporate some aspect of apprenticeship, then you're really kind of leaving and you're diminishing your leadership potential, either yours or someone else's, and you kind of put a ceiling on what could be.
2: You know, sometimes it's just being around somebody. That you notice, if you're willing to have that heart to be an apprentice, you notice how they do things. You notice yeah. how they think about things. You notice how they handle a situation. But as a leader, if you just invite people around, they're going to pick up things, subtle things, and they're going to learn things like that. I think so many times we try to make it more formal than it has to be, yeah. rather than just inviting
0: somebody on the journey with us and, sure. and
2: letting them experience life from right. our perspective. Yep.
0: So some people might be listening and thinking, okay, well, what is apprenticeship? What does that really mean? So let's define a little bit more. What does apprenticeship look like? And maybe even how is it different from things like mentorship or discipleship, other words that get thrown around a lot, even in the workplace or in church? What does apprenticeship really look like?
3: I think part of it has to do with the proximity and who you're around. Liz was talking about just kind of the natural, even chemistry, you as a leader, you're kind of throwing it out there and you're in a place of authority, you're in a place of leadership. And when you open the door, to take on apprentices or younger leaders that want to be developed, that want to grow. A lot of what will happen naturally, there'll be a chemistry maybe, and then they'll step out, you know, and that's kind of a different topic of even trying to reach somebody that maybe wouldn't naturally step out. But just getting started, there'll be young leaders that want to step out, that want to be close to you, that look up to you for different reasons, different skills that you have, the way that you carry yourself in in different parts of life, or maybe it's in this one specific thing that they want to get better at, something that they want to develop in, and they're going to want to hang around you. And so this proximity, I think, that's what kind of defines apprenticeship even more than mentorship and the accessibility. When I think of like mentorship over apprenticeship, I have people that mentor me in different ways and I'll talk with them maybe once a month or every couple of weeks sure. and check in with them and maybe try to have a coffee every once in a while. Whereas apprenticeship, it seems like you're more accessible as a leader and the proximity is even closer and your apprentices are like with you day in and day out, maybe not every day, but they're spending hours with you and there's this loop of challenging them, being specific with how they can grow, empowering them to live it out, walk it out and just this also this feedback loop. That's kind of the next level. Not that one's better than the other because mm-hmm. I think we need both, but it's it's almost like this next level of commitment in apprenticeship. Yeah. That's what I see it as. Yeah.
1: When I think of the two, mentorship versus apprenticeship, I see you can look at who initiates what. You know, in apprenticeship the leader is initiating the process to raise someone up. And so there's some ownership on them and onus on them to do it. But in a mentor-mentee relationship, it's the mentee that's seeking out a mentor. Mm. And they're going to f- have someone that's going to speak to them, challenge them, and help push them forward in a particular area or even in multiple areas.
2: I think in a mentor-mentee relationship, people come with questions. A mentee comes mm. with questions. Yeah. They yeah, want to yeah, learn... A specific thing or they have a specific issue they want help Mm -hmm. with so they come with questions. Whereas in apprenticeship it's more about doing it together and observing as you go and sharing feedback on the run. It's watching, observing, learning kind of in the moment rather than a formal sit-down question-answer type deal. Do you agree, disagree?
3: Yeah, when you say that, I think about like who's initiating yeah. kind of the relationship. And what you're saying is, in a mentorship relationship, the mentee, the person that's being mentored, is really coming to the table with questions, things yes. they want to get answered, things that they, they know maybe are weaknesses that they see in themselves. And they're looking up, like somebody that is living this out well, and they're saying, how do you do that? How do you Can you show yep. me? I want to know more. Whereas an apprentice, if you are a leader and you're apprenticing people, you're almost taking the initiative to really train this person, really help them develop. Really give them a lot of feedback and how they can grow, and then continue to kind of let them fail a little bit, but then also help them in steps that they need to take to succeed and eventually just live out whatever this topic is or whatever they're growing in. Yeah,
1: yeah. both relationships and a mentor mentee relationship, there's still feedback. But in apprenticeship there's like real time feedback. Yes. You know, it's it goes back to what you were saying, Kirk, of like there's accessibility. Mm -hmm. So it can be real time. It could be in a moment of just like, hey, I think you should do it this way. More on the job. You know, more like on the job training and just momentary things
3: where I feel like the mentor-mentee relationship has a bigger conversation tied to it. Totally. The feedback in a mentor relationship is more feedback in just answering the questions. So you're at a table and you're asking the questions. And that's where a mentor can give feedback. And, you know, I disagree maybe with what you're doing there or I see this as kind of a next step for you. Whereas apprenticeship is what you're saying, on-the-job training. Like the leader is live there watching them do it. It's not like an apprentice is coming up and saying, hey, this is what I did, this was whatever. No, like the leader was there watching and able to give live feedback and development. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
0: So I'm hearing a lot of talk about being an apprentice and having apprentices. What would you say is it important to have both as a leader and what does that look like? How does that play out? Can you expand a little bit more on what that looks like on both ends of that?
1: Yeah, I think both are critical and both are important to development. They each have different roles and different levels of importance, but I see apprenticeship as so necessary in expanding influence and growth, helping move forward, maybe an organization, a mission, a vision. It helps propel Mm -hmm. all of that forward. I see mentor mentee relationship. I see that really is it's going to propel you and challenge you. It's going to grow you it's going to develop your leadership skills or character and focus in on really some personal development.
3: Mm -hmm. And are you saying, are you saying, is it valuable to be a mentee and also an apprentice? Are you saying there's value in being an apprentice, but also leading apprentices? Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I think it's super valuable because I think if you're listening, you've probably been in a situation that you've been led poorly and you've had a poor leader or you've been led really well. And being an apprentice and having somebody that's pouring into you, whether it's good leadership or bad leadership, that helps you as a leader then. Yeah. Because you turn around and go, you know what? I've been in your situation. I've been in your shoes and I've learned some lessons, some maybe the hard way, or I've had an incredible leader. And it helps you just in leadership to kind of be on both ends of the spectrum. And I look at it like in seasons. There might be a season where you're just an apprentice and nobody's really following you and you don't have anybody looking up to you or asking questions or anything like that. But there might be seasons where you have a bunch of people that are following you and maybe there's a season of life that you're not really connected with somebody that's pouring into you. But hopefully in those seasons where you have one or the other, you're kind of engaging, you know, how can I get the other? Like if I'm an apprentice, who can I pour into? Who can I develop and grow and see succeed? I think it's seasons, but there's value in having both. Both.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kind of going off of that. So for those who want an apprentice or want to be an apprentice, how can they do that? What what signs can they look for? How can they keep their eyes open for someone to apprentice? How can they kind of move into that type role? What would be your suggestion? First thing is do?
3: open your eyes. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Too many people walk around. Absolutely. And maybe it's a, maybe, I don't know if it's a humility thing or a false humility thing, but they're thinking, you know, I don't really have much to offer. But the reality is, if you're a person, you've been in church for any length of time, or you've been in business or where wherever you're at, wherever you're working, you are in the next season. Yep. Yep to somebody else, like no matter where you're at. And so there are people that would look up to you. There are people that are looking to grow and be developed. And so too many people kind of walk with their head down thinking, you know, I don't have a lot to offer or I'm not really a leader and who would really want to learn from me? And the the reality is I promise you, you have people that would want to learn. If you would lift your head up, open your eyes, and throw out the offer, people will jump at it. There will be people that look at you, and there's this natural chemistry and this draw and that want to be in proximity. If you would just lift your head up, open your eyes, and throw out the offer.
2: it's That's it. I mean, what you see is what you're now accountable for. So if you'll just look around, get outside our own agenda and our own kind of to-do list, because I think we're mm-hmm. all driven by that, and just say...
3: I'm not driven by that.
2: Not at all. No (laughs) (laughs) Not all of us. (laughs) If I see
3: a to do list, I die inside.
2: (laughs) But someone might be. I come alive. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. See, we all have those different gifts. Someone's
3: writing a list
1: somewhere.
2: That's it. I make lists of lists. But if we'll just be willing to notice something about somebody else, it's either some raw talent that needs to be challenged and given an opportunity to put to work or. It's something that could hurt that person, and you care enough about them to just step in and say, hey, can I just share with you some ideas on how to do something different? Come along yeah. and watch me as I do this. You're right. I think we, we short sell ourselves on what we're good at because it tends to come naturally to us. But we can be such a resource for someone mm-hmm. else that might struggle in that area. Yeah.
3: yeah. And I think yeah. of the to-do list, whatever it is for you that's listening, you know, in your workplace and you've got things that that have to get done. Maybe it's super practical, but maybe it's visionary and, and things that you've been dreaming of that your bandwidth can't handle. I would view all those to do list things as opportunities or platforms for others to kind of step in and be developed and take some of that off your plate so that what you're you doing know. can go to the next level. Yeah. And so maybe that's where I do get kind of inspired with a to do list is I look at that as kind of platforms for people to step up yep. where they haven't had the opportunity and sometimes yeah. maybe we're just too selfish with, you know, it's our responsibility and we carry the weight on our right. shoulders just to do it all, where there's people that want to have the opportunity. And if you can see the best in somebody, you can see the potential in somebody and you give them a chance, even if they fail, but you give them a chance, it can change your life. Like right. a simple yeah. moment, right. like Absolutely. one to-do list, one task on your to-do list. If you give that uh, opportunity to somebody else to help tackle or help run, with, to, hey, just run with this. Can you complete this? And I'm going to check in with you. I'm going to give you feedback. That literally could change your life, like, their life. It could inspire them. And it'll actually change your life if you've never done this before right. because you'll see the success in that and you'll do it over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. And you'll be developing these leaders and they're going to be so successful and you're going to have these people that are going to look up to you and it's going to make what you do even better. And so... I think yeah. it's super, super yeah. awesome. And yeah. I
0: think also good leaders, whether it's church or business or wherever, you do what only you can do. And then you take those things that anyone else can do and pass those off. And it's not just about getting them off your plate and just delegating. But like you said, I mean, I love that. It's about giving someone else the opportunity to do that. So really, if we could all just look and say, okay, what can only I do? What are the things that I'm the only person who can do this? Okay, well, anyone can do this. Great. Someone else might just be waiting for an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It might seem menial and, and boring to you, but it might be a great opportunity for them to be able to step up and run with something and accomplish something, like you said, maybe fail. And when you have an apprentice, how do you deal with failure? I mean, what's what's an appropriate way to challenge them, to help them walk through it, but also to say, hey, you can do better, but it's okay. And it's okay to fail. And this is a safe place to do that. I mean, what's an appropriate way to handle that?
1: Basically, you just say, I never want to see you again. And, uh,
0: <laughs> You're out.
1: You know, that's it. We're done. We're not going <laughs> to go any further with this. No, no. But I mean, like, seriously, we talked about it a little bit. Feedback has to be constructive. It has to have d- some directness to it. And it has to have heart tied to it so that you know, you're able to inspire someone to do better next time. That heart and vision kind of inspires them to say, okay, I've learned something here. And so every failure is a learning opportunity. So next time I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna do better. A successful apprenticeship or having an apprentice, failure is gonna be part of it. Mm-hmm. We have to be okay with that. Yeah. But we have to learn how to take it and shift it to a learning experience right. that then they grow on. And we just, you know, keep yeah. going through that process.
3: I think it has to do with protection. Are you protecting the people that are following you, uh, your apprentices? Because if you empower somebody to do something and they fail and it's a big deal and it makes you look poor and things start cracking and crumbling in whatever you're leading, well, that's actually your fault as a leader for giving them something, maybe something above them. But if you give them different areas and you protect them, different safe zones where they can fail. In leading young adults, I've worked under Pastor Lindsey and there have been times where I drop the ball and in a meeting she'll say, you know what? It's my fault. It's my fault in front of our superiors. I'm taking the blame. And I'm sitting there in my mind going, it's not your fault. It's my fault. But as my leader, she goes, right. it's my fault. Kirk, don't even worry about it. Yeah, there's a it's level my of fault. Authenticity it's just like this either. protection, yeah, yeah. whereas she's allowed me to fail. Also, yeah, we have feedback conversations and growth moments and things I need to do better mm-hmm. for sure. And she helps keep me accountable in that. Mm-hmm. But in the moment of failure, as a leader, she's kind of carrying the weight of that. And so I think just providing a safe atmosphere for people yeah. to fail and knowing that your leaders got your back versus throwing them under the bus. Right. So as leaders, right. we just need yep. to protect the people that yeah, we, exactly. are following us. Exactly. I feel like
0: another podcast is coming. We could we could talk a whole other podcast on all of that. Yeah, this. this is like eight. Um <laughs> So also going on with looking for apprentices, what what are some characteristics and traits that we should be looking for? If you're looking for an apprentice, if you're yeah. looking for someone to come under you and really to teach them and develop them, what should you look for?
1: This is a great question because it gets down to the practice of like, yeah. what do you see? Like, how do you do this? Who's, you know, because we all have people in our world and we're like, we want to invest in the right place and yep. steward that. So there's clearly some obvious signs of things that we can see. And one of the things I always see are like people that have a can do attitude, like we're going to just jump in and get it done. They kind of bring a life and a zest to be in the game and say, what do we need to do? I'm going to do it. And so they're just excited about it. Mm -hmm. And you can't underestimate the power of that excitement that it will bring not just to their learning experience, but also to the team and to what you're, you're doing
3: and what you're trying to accomplish. For myself as a leader, I naturally lean towards chemistry. Honestly, I don't like people, or I don't like leading people that I don't like. (laughs)
0: Kirk doesn't like leading No,
3: seriously, I don't don't like people in general. (laughs) Nobody. Um, No, I I mean, and maybe it's because I'm a poor leader. I don't know, but I don't like really leading people that I don't like. And I think you can lead people that you don't like, but just initially, I'm just saying for myself, I really like that chemistry, and then I also like character. Somebody that has, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but just the depth of character. Somebody that has just an ounce of faithfulness, has an ounce of, you know, that can-do attitude. Somebody, Mm -hmm. because we talk about this a lot, your gift, your talent, the things that God has given you, those things can get you in the door. But what keeps you there? And it really is your attitude. But it also is that chemistry between you as a leader and the apprentice. And so that's kind of what I naturally think of right away as you're building your team. Maybe there's other people that are more, you know, systems minded and they're looking at the holes that they have or the potential holes that they could have. If I don't have room for four apprentices, I've got this hole, this hole, this hole. And so who are the people that fit those holes? Mm-hmm. I don't really think like that. And that's awesome if you do. So I kind of lean more on the, the chemistry side. And maybe that's a weakness in me. I've got to develop in, in seeing the holes that I have and find those people that can fill those holes well.
0: Yeah. And sometimes... That I mean, we're talking about the attitude and how important that is. Sometimes I feel like that's obvious and sometimes it's not. I mean, we tend to assume that people's leadership potential and those who we want to be an apprentice are the big, loud, gregarious personalities. And really, that's not always how it is. I mean, no. sometimes it is yeah. the more Come quiet on. personalities. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> not everyone sure? is like you. Are you think. sure? <laughs> and and those are the more obvious choices. I mean, those yep. are the people that yeah, we, we see immediately. You can't yeah. miss them. But Obviously. sometimes it is the people that are, that show up right away. They're the first ones there. They're faithful. They're on time. They're You know you can rely on them. They're reliable. But they might not be the loudest. And and sometimes they're harder to see, but they can even be the most teachable sometimes. And so I think for me, looking for someone, teachability is a huge thing for me. And that's kind of goes along with the attitude of, are you willing to learn? Do you have a desire? Do you have a hunger to learn, to grow? Because if you don't, really this is going to be a one-way thing. I mean, you have to want to learn. You have to want to grow. And you have to be willing to take that feedback to take that criticism in a healthy way otherwise it's not going to work it's not going to last and so being teachable being faithful i think those are super important
3: i saw a billboard downtown um and it said you're you're (laughs) sorry this could go a lot of different directions Uh, i saw a billboard downtown and it was just about somebody people trying to find a career or or companies that are looking to hire people and it said you're looking for the ideal resume while you're missing the ideal employee. And hmm. I think what you're talking about is sometimes the ideal resume is the person that is loud, that is you know active, that is kind of putting their resume in front of you, like, hey, yeah. I wanna do this, I wanna do this. While there are people that are less likely to do that, but what they have That's in them point. right is incredible and so we just need to get better at not just looking at the resumes that are being pushed in front of us or or the people that are louder or the people that are kind of trying to get time with us or you know trying to get a meeting on the calendar or want to you know we as leaders need to look for those people actively look for the people that are less likely to be right in front of you but they have this depth they have this hunger they have this integrity this character built within them and those are the people that really can you can kind of stretch on the you know the loudness side or the charisma side or the you know whatever it is so yeah yeah.
1: you can pull that out of them you can Mm -hmm. extract some of that out of them they can be taught things they maybe just need encouragement in this area or that area just to boost their confidence and help them get some reps and doing something. And, and then they'll be able yeah. to just raise up to that level.
3: So. Yeah.
2: One idea to just kind of summarize this is that there's no one model right, for the best apprentice. Yep. True. They right. come in different packages. It's just yeah. our job as a leader to have the intuition sense to say, I see that in you and I yep. want to help you pull it out. I want to build up that skill. I want to draw that skill out. I believe in you even when you might not believe in yourself. Right. And I'm willing to help you step out and develop that. But we can get so stuck when we look Mm -hmm. for a certain mode or a certain style or a certain characteristic Mm -hmm. in an apprentice instead of saying, I'm just looking for someone that's willing to learn and to, to grow.
1: I think a great closing thought here is just to come back full circle in the conversation is that we have to see apprenticeship is about growth. Yeah. It's going to grow you as a leader. It's going to grow someone else in their leadership. And it's going to bring growth to your team, to your job, to your church, to your organization. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we need. Right. We always need to have a focus on bringing growth across the board in those areas of our leadership.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening. It's been great. I hope this was valuable to you and tune in next time. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the River Valley Leadership Podcast. For resources, updates, and additional content, check us out online at lifegroupleaders.org or lifeteamleaders.org.